Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is the Rose and Shine podcast featuring the Swedish sisters Josephine Roos and Victoria Roos-Solson. Good morning, this is Victoria sending from Atlanta. And good morning, this is Josephine who's in Sweden. Oh, oh. <laughs> so today's topic, everyone, is still about the famous world, resilience. Yes, it's such an important word and it just keeps on coming up over and over again how this is our time to build resilience. So we wanted to dig a little bit deeper into resilience and how to cultivate it. And basically, because we also really need it <laughs> ourselves. Of course, this is always uh, self-help. And, you know, if we need it, we, we think that many of you will also need it. So Yes. So Josephine, why do you need it right now? Tell us what's going on. Oh, wow. Where to start? Well, um, almost 10 days ago, I think now, maybe 11 I decided to jump on the flight back to Sweden. So um, the Swedish foreign ministry um, decided that they had organized a trip that was back from Colombia to Sweden. Mm -hmm. And it was quite tricky decisions to, to make because my husband is from New Zealand and Sweden doesn't have, uh, we're not allowing people to travel in now unless we have residency in Sweden. Like so um, many other countries. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we had a very hard decision to make, but what was making it, you know, tilt over to that end is that in Colombia, kids have not had not been let out for six months, uh, six weeks, sorry, <laughs> not even out of the apartment, you yeah. know, to, to be yeah. outside for at all. And it was looking and, and we'll see, but it was looking as that was going to be in place until end of end of June. And just not knowing, the uncertainty of knowing when the ne next opportunity would be to, to come home. Yeah. Um, we decided that that was the, the best option for, for us at that time. And my was... goodness, you had such a hard time. I, that was so, I felt for you. It was a difficult <laughs> yeah. decision. I had really decided against it because I felt like, you know, we were doing fine and we were quite happy and, and to many, many extents enjoying our, our family life and, and so on. But then... 
Also, the UN came out with a policy that we were allowed to to work from our home country if if need be. So there were many things that were playing in the favor. And then just the fact that our oldest one, Rafael, was just longing home and talking about Sweden all the time and, you know, just being here in the summer house with his grandparents. But can you imagine a four-year-old not getting to be outside for like four months? That's a long time. Not even walk on unstable ground or just be on like floors inside all the time. Yeah, I mean, I can. Yeah, <laughs> And a lot of our friends and, and a lot of our podcast listeners are, are living that right now. Yeah. So um, and, and a lot of people are doing the, the best out of it. And and like I said, I guess that was why we were so hard as well, because it was also working fine. And, and you know, we had a good little family unit. And but anyways, I, I decided to do it and I felt all over the place. I'm not incredibly good at decisions. So I really <laughs> felt, have I done the right thing? And I was weighing it back and forth. But now, 10 days into it, I have definitely done the right thing. Now I've come to terms with my decision and so on. But oh, I miss, um, I miss, you know, of course, the the, the help that we had there, Maritza, and, and, you know, being able to work more like nonstop and and many of them, and Steve, obviously. Yes. So, um, but for the kids, it's really nice to be able to be outside. Yeah. And for me as well. I mean, I've been longing for nature. Yeah. So that's wonderful. Yeah. And when, when do we think Steve can come to join you? We don't know. So we're hoping that Sweden is going to 15th of May open up its borders again. But I don't know if that's very likely. It might be prolonged for another month 15th of june hopefully then but we'll we'll see we're we're working on a few different opportunities and trying to see if we can reconvene somewhere else or how how to do it but in the meanwhile you're working still yes so the un allowed us to be working from home so that's re- i mean everyone is obviously working from home yeah <laughs> but also yeah. from our home country if we wanted to um, so I'm working, which, uh, of course, we've been in quarantine. So my parents have been here. The weather has been really cold and we've only been meeting them outside. Yeah. Um, until uh, last night. So now mm. the kids are with my parents. Uh, so now I'll be able to work a little bit more properly. But oh, I like the, the time difference has at least helped. So I've been able to work, you know, at night when, yeah, when the kids are, are sleeping. But then, you know, you send me this article that's so, and that is like the crazy part. So I come home to Sweden and, you know, we're doing the flight. Oh, God, I don't know if people are interested. But of course, it was a nightmare. You know, first we come and we're going to fly and they tell us we're not on the flight list. And then we're going through, you know, the visas and, and the immigration and we're not allowed out of the country at first. You know, every trauma, step the way. basically trauma. Stopping in Ecuador in two different places to pick up people and everyone with their masks. And, you know, a four-year-old needs to wear a mask. The one-year-old doesn't have to need wear a mask, but he's just pulling my mask down. You know, it's a disaster. <laughs> and then we come to Ireland and Sweden and it's just like as if nothing had ever happened. You know, Swedes are just walking around <laughs> the Swedish experiment in full, you know, full bloom out of my eyes. And uh, yeah, it's very different. Yeah. It's super different. But we're not, I'm not living that here because obviously parents are, you know, are older. 
and um, we really want to obviously take care of them. So that still means that I and the kids don't have any social connections. So we're very isolated. But I went food shopping the other day and, you know, it's it's a different world from what we got used to in, in Colombia or in, in many parts of the world. Yeah. And we were saying that, Steve and I, how interesting that is, that we just what our society tells us becomes what we think is the best option. Yeah. yeah. And, and we accept the risk now in Sweden, whereas in Colombia, you walk around and it's like, you know, you're super scared and it's like you're really distancing yourself. And there's a lot less cases than there are in Sweden. And here, you know, everyone is just um, walking around as kind of as normal. Yeah. It's a crazy world. And it's interesting how so here in the US, it's become very political and it's funny, so I'm living in Atlanta, which is Georgia, which is like the first state opening up. And so it's a Republican governor. And so it's become this Republican thing, whilst in Sweden, we would be more uh, leaning to the left, right? And and that's where it's open. So it's, it's not really a, a politics, really like... Uh, yeah. But it, when you say that it's become political, so it's basically like the, the releasing of of uh, people being able to go out and so on is a little bit more Republican. Yes. Whereas the Democrats are more... It's a, it's politicized like that in Colombia as well in terms of like, do you want to save lives or do you want to save the economy? Yeah. Which is interesting then that Sweden is the country going for saving the economy in a sense. But they're saying like, that's not their argument. No, and what the Swede is saying... I mean, and this has kind of messed with me a little bit the last few days, but but it's been interesting. They're basically saying, you know, look at statistics in, in two years because everyone is going to get this. It's kind of the Swedish argument. Yeah. So even like, for example, New Zealand that I always bring up as the example, obviously my husband being from there and they now, you know, eliminated um, this disease. But again, the article is saying like, how are they going to keep that? You know, it's it's not going to be stoppable. No. Um, On that positive note. But on that, I wanted to say, so you you took a bit of a Republican stand last week. (laughs) I went to the hairdresser. (laughs) And it was like, and we speak about that with some of my friends over here, like you you sort of get shamed uh, if you walk too close to someone, you know, or like, and, and all of that. And so I had that appointment booked since a long time. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to go for it. Let's, you know, thinking about all my Swedish people go like not thinking a second time about that. Yeah. And that was kind of an experience. So I did go and I, I come there. And the first things that happens to me is that they check my temperature. <laughs> and when after that, I get a mask. Uh, so my like idea, like, OK, it's going to be a little bit of me time. I'm sitting there with my mask. Uh, they do my hair and then they're like, you did hear, right, that we're not allowed to blow dry the hair. So I'm walking out there with my mask, completely wet hair. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll just fix it myself next time. And this little like self-care moment, given that we're going to talk about that, ended up more into um, more of an anxiety driven uh, little experience. If yes, anything. indeed, indeed. Mm. So, but I, I think exactly. So let, let's talk about resilience. And it's something that also, I mean, we feel it that we need it, but it's also something that I've seen because the fact is that I've had such an exciting time at work in in, in these past six weeks because we've really 
grown in our online delivery and I learned so much and I've met so many leaders mm -hmm. uh, doing workshops and keynotes online. And I'm like, wow, this is really much better than I ever thought it would be. Yeah. So that's been really, really interesting. And it's also been so, because that's also given me the opportunity that right from my office here in Atlanta, I can spend time with leaders from across the globe. I mean, I had this really great seminar with leaders from Italy, Spain, and Portugal, which of course was very interesting. And then I've had leaders from all kinds of industries, some that are really struggling. And well, most people are kind of struggling, but some are struggling because they're ironically doing so well because they're so busy. And others are struggling because their whole business model will be changed you know yeah. so there's so many struggles going on and I've seen one thing in common right now because leaders and everyone I think I mean even looking at my teenage daughters we've all been working so hard yeah. to sort of try to keep up the spirit to like deal with this and and be positive and and learn new ways and now it's like really we're, yeah. we're still doing that and I just feel that people are so tired yeah right no and and that's I, I think that's really true I mean you're talking a little bit about we've gone through different phases a yeah. little bit of a shock phase and 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 then this kind of goal setting let's make the most out of this period phase and then a tiredness and we talked about it before and it's a lot of mention around it but I didn't really experience it until until I left for Sweden and that was the grief yeah also you know a grief oh. of Life just, um, you know, it changed for me. It yeah. was not what I decided or what I had planned or what I necessarily wanted to do. I mean, of course, I was very lucky to have that option. I'm not complaining at all in that way. But it was a sense of grief that, okay, I'm, this is maybe not the right way of looking at it. But the way I saw it then was, you know, this, is, this has happened to me. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are, are having that feeling and it's interesting at at the start when all this happened and it, you know we're in one of our episodes we're talking about the change curve from from my book and you know a lot of people said oh we're in the zone of adoption but that was just like the zone of adoption to working from home mm. but I think right now we're like oh really so it's not going to be back to normal, right? No. Like when, when they closed the borders, everyone thought, okay, it's like a two week or four week thing, right? I remember when they closed the schools and they said, we'll be closed for two weeks, yeah. you know? And I thought, nah, they're not going to open before spring break. Mm. Yeah. In my head, I wasn't thinking like, oh, they're not going to open this semester at all. No. Right. And and now it's like, will they open properly after summer? What's going to happen? And we're going to find a new life. And I think that's what's straining. We were like ready for it. And now we're like, are we at the start or are we just at the middle? Exactly. Right. Like, or like, you know, are we, we were thinking or hoping we were at the end by now. Exactly. We don't know. No. And that is the, I think that's the constant now that like the constant work that we need to do, that constant refinement of living with this uncertainty and adjusting yeah, to this yeah and because we've said it before but maybe now it's more real than ever like there's no end date like the prisoners yeah. you know that's that survives if they know that they're released one day but you know the ones that are holding on to that date they, they struggle 
And it's a bit the same. And that's why we want to talk about resilience, because how do we build it? And how do we now see this adversity that we all are living in one way or, or another? How do we see that as something that we can build strength through? Yeah. And a small reflection on that as well is, and I think that's why I was a bit surprised when I came to Sweden, because I, in one way, felt like that was the easy option. You know, I was going home. I took the kids. You know, I felt really bad for my husband yeah. uh, being left alone in Colombia. And yet I felt the grief when I arrived here because I realized, you know, the life in dramatic terms that yeah. I had, you know, lost there. Yeah. And that is the other part, I think, as well, which is in terms of not seeing things as that black and white. But, you know, there, it's not... Things are changing, but things are constantly changing and we never know how they're going to change. So maybe not making it so definite either. So really what we want to do now is for everyone just to give us a little bit of a pep talk. All right. If you are just like us struggling a little bit with like, (laughs) how am I going to keep this up? So here are a few things that research suggests that we can do to better build that resilience muscle. And I'd just like to stop there for a moment, because I remember at the start of my career, we worked a lot with, you know, the traits that we were looking for in leaders. And I was part of creating assessment centers and all of that. And resilience was really seen as a trait. It was like, this is something you either had or you did not have, you know, it was like, but the fact is that Research suggests it's, it's something that you develop and you build. And we discussed this in, in the previous episode. And I think that's pretty cool because the only way to build resilience is to be faced with adversities like we yeah. were discussing last time. So yeah. if we first of all just can embrace that, because then just like you build muscles, like if you really want to build physical muscles, you know that you need to lift weights because otherwise it's, you know, you need to work your muscles, but you also know that you can create certain things around you that's going to make it easier to build those muscles. Mm -hmm. So you can like, what do I eat? Uh, uh, How do I set up a training program? Mm. Uh, Not just leave it at random. And that's exactly, this is like, how do I build my resilience muscle? And just to add on that, we also know that we need to rest when building muscles. And I think that is the same link with resilience. So we need to go through adversity, but we also need to find that time, which we will link it to, to self-care and resting and so on, to actually be able to, say, harvest the resilience that, that we are building so that it just doesn't end up in a burnout, you know, building, building, adversity, adversity, adversity. Exactly. So you actually went straight to our point number three <laughs> on the list of, of how do you do that? So let's get started with our list. And the very first thing is really to embrace healthy thoughts. Mm. It starts with our mindset, as always, I'd say. <laughs> right? Yes. So um, how, what do you do to embrace healthy thoughts? How are you thinking around that? Well, first of all, I, I try to really do what you said, like thinking like, all right, this is a practice for us. That's like, this is an opportunity to grow resilience, which is really good. 
And then I try to keep things in perspective. So for me right now, my biggest struggle is really that I'm missing my husband so much. And we have not seen him since end of February. He was going to go back to Sweden for a few weeks. And then he got stuck in Sweden. So, you know, that's really tough. Mm. So what I do to help myself there is trying to keep the things in perspective and thinking. So guess what? We've been together for 23 years. I'm expecting at least another 23 years together. So this is sort of like a little gap, right? And it's okay. And, And I'm just like, maybe we can even appreciate that even more. And I'm thinking like... There's been people struggling in in different crises throughout the world that really didn't get to see their spouses for a long time or people lose their spouse. You know, it's like a small thing, right? Mm -hmm. Even to the girls, I was speaking like, well, girls, if you would have picked being an exchange student right now, because they're at that age, you would not seen any of your parents for a year, right? So, So that is one way that I really try to do that. And I, and I think that's great. And you really helped me with that as well when I made the decision to, to go now. Because I had anyways thought of going to Sweden this mm-hmm. summer and hoping and planning for that. So, you know, rather than seeing drastically as, I know my life was taken away from me. <laughs> um, it's of course, you know, I went on a six week earlier summer holiday. Yeah. Lucky, lucky me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's just that it's 10 degrees and snowing in Sweden. But, you know, uh, <laughs> in May. <laughs> No, but so that that's really, um, really good. But with that. And, um, and, and really, I think also key is to sort of accept that things have changed. At the end of the day, that's the only way to really move forward. OK, so it's not exactly going to be the way that we liked it or the way we wanted it. But like, what can we do with this new normal? And I had a discussion with with someone in the past few days. It was sort of really well, upset about a situation right now and sort of bringing it into politics. And I said, well, actually, let's just, I mean, unless you're going to do something about it and go and be active about it, right, then let's just remove it. Don't put your time and energy there because it's not going to help you. And I think that the good old circle of influence is just such a brilliant tool here for Mm. us. Don't spend time being frustrated about the things that you can't influence, right? Yeah. But but spend your energy and on the little things where you actually can make a difference. Yeah, I think that's really true. And we have a full episode, you know, maybe a year or so back on, on change. And I think a lot of those things still hold. Yeah. And to me, it relates a lot about the idea of embracing uncertainty, which is... we're. We're all uncomfortable with yeah. this uncertainty because this is not change that we have um, selected. But or initiated ourselves because you're exactly. spot on. Usually we really, really, and when I speak to leaders and when I spoke to leaders in the past, most leaders say, I love change. Yeah. But we love the change that we initiate. Exactly. We don't really love the change that happens to us. No. Which we're all in now. And I have a really good meditation lesson that I listen to in relation to uncertainty and and it just reminded us to, you know, what if you just, because when you start, sometimes when you start training meditation, you can, you can start to like, okay, just drop everything for 10 minutes. In 10 minutes, you can start to plan again. And, but right now there's nothing that you need to do. Yeah. And then just adopting that same idea. What about all of the uncertainty that you're feeling right now? Yeah. What if, you know, just for 10 minutes, just, just drop that uncertainty. Like there's yeah. nothing that you can do about it. And then the, the quote was, 
Um, you know, the bad news is that you are falling without a, sh- a parachute through space. Mm. The good thing is that there's no ground that you're going to land on. Oh. So the idea is, you know, if you can try to just be with that uncertainty, because life is still uncertainty. So I'm practicing that. And maybe oh. that's helpful. Too. Yeah, that, that's, that's wonderful. <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing. And, you know, all of you, if you have ideas and suggestions, please add and let us know and and, and get in touch. But let's go on to the second part, because the, the first one is all about our mindset. Okay, mm. so and the healthy thoughts that we embrace. The second thing that really is strong in helping us be resilient is sort of creating the optimal environment, if you wish, for being resilient is your connections. Mm. And prioritizing your relationships. Super important. And the relationships here. So what I'd just like to encourage all of you is to really spend a little bit of time thinking about that and thinking, you know, the relationships that I do have, do they give me energy or do they drain me from energy? Mm. And if they drain you, you know, what What can you do about it? Or is that where you want to spend time? You know, I've actually, there, there are a few people in, in my proximity that, you know, they tend to always look at the, all the negative things out of this. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, no, I'm not going to give them a call because that's not going to help me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so that's, that's super important. Like who can you, knowing who you can kind of tap into for for energy and then if you've had for us I mean we've had such an international lifestyle so for us to some extent I would say this has brought us closer to some people because Mm. there's more now like of these virtual cocktails and and drinks and so on and then it's of course about finding the balance there because they can be draining as well and we end up you know sitting in front of the computer all day for work and for social hour. Yeah. But it's a nice way as well of connecting. And I think here we can also play a role. And and I think you said that so beautifully in the last episode, Yosan, that, you know, just to help someone. I, I also think it could be to think about your network at work uh, and amongst your friends and family, because I do think that some people will be especially lonely right now. And I, I mean, I, I can relate to that, not having my husband here and you're if you're isolated and that's going to be tough. So how can you reach out to those people? Because many people across the world are kind of confined to their own space right now and they yeah. might have had super social lives and lots of things going on. So I think everyone can just look around them and see how can I help someone, right? And and yeah. spread that. If you have the energy right now, go out and share it with someone else, right? Yeah, no, that's that's uh, true. And so many of my, my colleagues now in, at the UN, and there's a lot of young people that are working in remote areas of the country, far away from their family or their homes. Mm-hmm. And they are locked into, you know, small little apartments, um, 
small places because you're only working all the time anyway. So maybe you're not investing so much in where you're living. Yeah. And then you're just stuck in that apartment or you're a student somewhere. Or I mean, there's many different scenarios where, yeah. where it can be not so nice to be alone in your apartment. No, exactly. And I, I think that's the next point I wanted to make also is that if you feel a bit down, also don't hesitate to reach out and, and make those connections, right? I, mm. I think it's okay to have a little bit of a cry. So it's like, we need to, because this this is a difficult time. And if we're low, reach out and talk to people. And uh, because that's also super important. The connections are key to make us go through tough, turbulent times. Absolutely. And what I've noticed uh, is, you know, the... There might be certain times when you think it's okay to feel down. And then there might be certain things where you kind of judge yourself because you think this is not so hard. Why yeah. am I feeling so down about this when I wasn't yeah. feeling down about that? And that's where you need to just notice that and work through that. Yeah. Because we are feeling griefs on different levels. So rather take this as a moment of like realizing, oh, okay, well, here I'm feeling something. I mean, yeah. this will help you build your resilient muscle over time. Really getting to know yourself. I'm surprised that I'm feeling bad here or that this doesn't actually bother me at all. Or, you know, so tap into that. Yeah, I think that's that's beautiful. And that goes in, I'd say, to the third key point to build what we need to build resilience. And that is the self-care. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. 
burrow.com slash ACAST. So that was, um, yeah, the point that we made in the beginning. So to build your resilience and to build your strength, you also need to have the rest. Yeah. And self-care is, mm-hmm. can be that rest. And of course, it's a buzzword. And it, for many people, that seems to mean that you should go and have a massage. I think of self-care in two different ways. There's uh-huh. the self-care that you kind of put in in an emergency situation, mm-hmm. <laughs> be it that you're really stressed or you're really tired and you acutely need some some self-care. Yeah. And then there is the self-care, which is maybe more proactive. We always talk about your ego days or, um, you know, planning self-care, yeah. making sure that you prioritize it. And I think both of those are really important at this point. And I think that we need to be better, or many of us, to know what is really self-care for you. Yeah. Like create a list with what is actually like your go-to self-care, a bit like uh, things that you can do. Is it just making a cup of tea or is it to make sure that you, like my self-care now is what you've been helping me is to making my office look really nice so I can be motivated and inspired where I'm working. Creating a space that gives you energy, right? Exactly. So being a little bit aware of where your self-care is and, you know, drop the whole massage thing unless, (laughs) you know. Unless that's exactly what you wanted to. Well, it might be difficult also unless you have someone to massage you in, in many countries right now. But for sure, I, and I love your your idea of like, yes, there's some reactive self-care because we really need it right now. And then also some proactive things that you can do. And really when we look at resilience, it goes into also that it is super important that we move around, right? So mm. actually I got for the girls and myself the Fitbit because it's so when when in your home all day working you know so we're just checking that we do our 10,000 steps each day because it's so easy to just sit and and be and you go for a walk but that's not going to cover it unless it's a very long walk right so like what do you do proactively to make sure that you help your mind to be resilient and Mm -hmm. that is movement it's making sure that you eat things that nourish you, that gives you strength and focus uh, and not, you know, the fast, easy kicks that actually put you even more down. So those are things that really makes it very important. Yeah. And I mean, we've talked so many times about the different, you know, detoxes and eating healthy and so on. But I wanted to reflect because I often feel like I'm bad at noticing any specific change or or so on. Mm -hmm. But eating according to, to that more strict, more really nourishing food, my energy levels have maintained themselves so high during this period where I've still gone through a lot of grief, a lot of emotions. So it's not a good example today because I told you today I was so tired, (sighs) but today I kind of crashed um, for other reasons. But when I've been eating like that, it's been very surprising that even though I've been kind of single mumming it now with two small kids for two weeks, I've been stable. Yeah, it's not been like up and down in terms of of mood a tiny bit, but in terms of energy levels, no. So that is so important with with food, I find. Yeah, I, I agree. And also, again, just what you said to really look for what are things that makes me feel good, 
And am I consistently doing that? And I think mm. that the fact we've touched on meditation already and mindfulness, which mm. I think is super important. And the final thing I'd like to touch on is sleep. Mm. Because I, I, again, this is another thing. And uh, last week I did a little bit of an experiment because usually when I, I start my online seminars, I ask my participants to share three words describing their feelings right now. So three, and it's, it's interesting because all kinds of feelings is coming in. And a lot of people have very sort of conflicting feelings. But one trend I've seen in the past two weeks, just what I said at the start, is that we're all tired. Mm. And people are then explode. And so at one point I asked 200 leaders on the seminar, I said, who's feeling tired right now? Everyone came back. I mm. do. I do. Mm. And I also hear about people not sleeping properly. There are lots of dreaming going on. And, and you know, because we're, we're in this strange world, right? So what I just wanted to, to share as sort of a final touch is a few ideas on what we do when we can't uh, sleep and when we're struggling with that. Because at the end of the day, we all really need our sleep. It's like washing our brain. Uh, it's coming back focused and strong, resilient for the next day. So the things that I do, and, and just just add to the list, but yeah. is to really sort of calculate that this is the time my head needs to be on the pillow with closed eyes. <laughs> and the more mm -hmm. important to, for me to get my seven or eight hours of sleep, but the more important hour is the one hour before that time, right? Because mm. that's when close down the screens, you know, make that herbal cup of tea, maybe take that bath or just sort of some lovely yin yoga. That's your like cozy hour. Make that a really lovely hour. Yeah. And then the next thing to do is really make sure that your bedroom is a place for sleeping. I mean, if you can, but and make it cool, dark, you know, the ideal environment for a really good night's sleep. Yeah. And what about if we wake up in the middle of the night, Jason? Do you do that? Um, the, with the kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to not start to check my phone, I guess. Yeah. And now I've had the phone in my bedroom and I, it should get out again. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's just the... Yeah. Um, but I, I just wanted to say, because I, what you were saying on, on the evening rituals, um, I really agree with. And what I thought for my own sake and keeping my inspiration going during this time so maybe other people want to do that i mean i just bought some new like linen sheets that are yeah. going to arrive in the, in a few days and i also brought there's a really cool swedish company called uh, sniff that do perfumes and they're selling this dreamers kit oh. which is um a candle and an eye mask and i think it's like a lavender mist or or, or something like that so if you're a person who likes rituals, ritualize that evening routine yeah. and make it extra cozy. And maybe now when we all need like little pick-me-ups, if you're like me or you, that, that makes you happy. Mm -hmm. Little gifts like that. I mean, we're consuming less anyway. So yeah. a little bit of consumption to make our home rituals nicer. So I think that's a, a good uh, spend of money. Oh, yeah, that's very <laughs> inspirational. And if you do wake up in the middle of the night, there are actually research suggesting it sounds maybe a bit counterproductive, but to eventually just get up 
right? So if you're mm. sort of thinking and dreaming and having, you know, maybe started to work in the middle of your the night in, in your head, to actually do get up and just take five minutes, get your journal out and maybe write down, okay, so these are the things that I, I, I need to work on, right? Here mm. are my things that I'm going to do tomorrow when I wake up and then go back to sleep. So don't yeah. open your phone and start to, you know, do random scrolling in the bed, but probably get up Write down the things on your mind and then go back and continue your sleep. Yeah, That's supposed to be helping. And then, of course, we have the morning routine, which helps the night ritual. Yes. So by making sure that you get a bit of sunlight the first thing that you do or with your morning coffee. So in Bogota now, uh, the last six weeks in the morning, I always tried if it was sunny weather. It's starting to rain more and more now. But if it was sunny weather to catch that bit of sun. Yeah, um, especially if we are now inside all day, like yeah. a lot of people are around the world. So still to get out, get a little bit of that sun, make that feel like the, the day is starting. That helps yeah. to fall asleep in the night. And I guess if you are in a place of the world where you can go outside, you know, enjoy it yeah. and then really be grateful for that opportunity because that gives us so much strength. Indeed. So these were our best uh, thoughts and ideas for how to strengthen your resilience during this time. And, mm -hmm. and you know, please keep uh, sending more tips and ideas if, if you have some. Uh -huh. <laughs> and if you like it and if you think that this is beneficial, I mean, please, please share it with a friend of yours that might need a, a bit of pick me up and might benefit from this episode. Yes, we would love for you to do that as we're, we're keeping up uh, our podcast and We just love that we have listeners from all over the world. So thank you everyone so much for, for listening to us. And if you do find it helpful, please just share it in your network with your friends, with your colleagues. We would love that. Yes. So take care, everyone. Now from now we send you hugs from different continents. Yes. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully we're in the same one and not too far, but uh, Loads of love to, to all of you and, uh, and take care and go and write your own self-care list maybe after this episode. Yeah, yeah. Take care. Stay healthy. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Okay, bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 